0: This is Headshots, the psychology and gaming podcast with your host, Josue Cardona, an engineer turned mental health and ed tech guru, and psychologist and game
1: scholar, Dr. Kelly Dunlap. So Kelly, I feel like this week's episode is a love letter to Lindsay Grace. I feel like that he might appreciate this episode.
0: I feel like that comment works on so many levels. So <laughs> so first off, Lindsay Grace uh, is one of my former professors. Uh, he is the director of the American University Game Lab. And his, I mean, he does a lot of really amazing stuff, but one of his kind of niche things is what uh, he refers to as affection games. And since Valentine's Day is right around the corner, it just kind of seemed like a really good time to talk about affection games.
1: I agree. I agree. And I I like it was interesting to read so much about affection games when we in the past we've talked about affective media and how it reads emotions. I mean, that's a whole other thing. It's not what we're talking about here. I think I think I think we need a a nice uh, clean definition of what an affection game is.
0: Oh, absolutely. I, I think when people think of affection games, if they think of them at all, they're thinking about, you know, romancing and mass effect or or dating sims, things like that. And that's not the case technically with this term. Uh, it it is a little pedantic. It's the idea that the mechanic of the game so what the player is actually doing is an act of affection and to the benefit of everyone around them as opposed to say maybe a traditional game where the action is usually something violent you know breaking or shooting or punching or you know even if it's an inanimate object you're still punching and, and kicking as opposed to showing affection as a way to to get to your goal and that's also different from, you know, dating simulations or, or there are some games out there that are all about just sex. And it's the, the purpose of those games is to satisfy yourself. Uh, whereas affection games, the affection is the mechanic, not the end goal. Whereas this maybe a sex game would be the end goal would be to have sex. So it is kind of a, a fine line. But the uh, what we're focusing on today are are affection games. So games
1: that use affection as the mechanic. Yeah, I went through that whole process you just described. I thought, oh, like Mass Effect. I've dated people or, or courted people in Mass Effect. But that's not really what the game is about. That's just something you can do. And to get that done, you're still using the same game mechanics that you've been using to you know, achieve your goal otherwise. So I get that. And then I also thought of games like, um, yeah, the dating sims. I absolutely thought of dating sims. But you're right. It's, like, it's, it's very different. And then you sent me a list of games to try out. And... I did a lot of kissing. With, <laughs> I, I, I pressed press button to kiss, pressed button to flirt. Uh, it was very different to use um, flirting and, and kissing and, and love as a game mechanic versus just having it be something that's possible in a game. Very, very different.
0: <laughs> yeah. So one of the games that I really enjoyed, I, out of the list, did you play Magical Unicorn?
1: Hmm, no, I don't know. No, no. No? I'm okay. Sure. Yeah.
0: Oh, again, I mean, the the list, uh, he actually, uh, Lindsay wrote a paper and it cites, you know, thousands and thousands of different types of these games. Like if you just Google search affection games or kissing games, you know, there's going to be a huge, huge list. Uh, But This one is the magical unicorn, which, of course, is the first one I navigate to. And the entire game is there are two unicorns, a blue unicorn and a pink unicorn, of course. And then there's like a little small childish yellow unicorn off on the side, which gets a little weird and then there's kind of a bird perched uh, above the two adult unicorns and the entire point of the game is to you click on the adult unicorns and when you click they kiss and it fills up their love meter but Mm -hmm. you have to only you can only do it when the bird isn't watching if the bird catches you you lose so you have to pay attention to which way the bird is looking. And then the small little baby unicorn thing is staring at you the whole time. And there's a, like an action event where you have to stop the adult kissing to click on the baby to, I guess, give it attention or affection. Otherwise, you also lose. Yeah. Uh, but there, there are thousands of games that are just like that where kissing is the way that you move
1: the game forward. And it's, it's so simple, but they're so popular. I played um, about 15 variations of that that you just described. Yep. It was Fairytale Land. It was a couple at a mall. The weirdest one was Britney Spears and her boyfriend at a salon. I know.
0: Isn't it great? And then
1: you have to to kiss, and then there's three people that can watch, and then if they watch, you have to stop, but then you immediately have to start brushing her hair. (laughs) Yeah, there was a... yeah, I've never played a game like that. I'm...
0: <laughs> well, I, I want to correct myself. It's not Magical Unicorn. It's Unicorn Miracle. I'm sorry. Gotcha. I wanted gotcha. to
1: correct gotcha. that. So uh, one thing that I found in, in those games, I, ke- I, w- I would have kept playing longer a game called Unicorn Miracle because I would have been curious what would happen after I filled my love meter up a few different times. I would be expecting, some, you know, a baby unicorn or something.
0: Or uh, to get more difficult or for ado. The- to be more birds watching or, you know, something, something, yeah, something yeah, yeah. along those lines. Yeah, yeah. there's a the, – the Britney Spears kissing game is is really great, and it's very similar. And, again, almost all of these games have a very similar um, feel to them. And this is by no means uh, a collection of all the affection games out there, and we'll get into some different ones. But these are probably by far the most popular and the most likely that you'll run into. And there was one called Car Wash Kiss. And so, of course, I had to play that and you load it up and there's this very um, buxom redheaded girl in Daisy Dukes and a little, I, don't, I guess you could call it a top. I'm not even quite sure. And what happens is the the car rolls up and there's, of course, a really hot dude in the car. And it's the same thing with the unicorns where you click on the guy and you, you flirt, though, like you bop your hips back and forth and you bat your eyes and little hearts come out of you both. But there's a manager that walks by and you can't let the manager see you flirting and when the manager walks by you have to switch to clicking on the car and of course the character is you know hunched over but somehow in the air and in your face at the same time washing the car and so the goal is to get the car washed and get the dude and then if you if you do that in the time limit you get to kiss him It was very exciting
1: I played, <laughs> I, played, I, played for, I played for a couple rounds I'm not gonna lie See, that one makes me think, okay, how do I, what's the command to make the butt go in the air and the thing at the same time? Is it like a special move?
0: Oh, <laughs> well, I mean, I that's think... the other thing. These games tend to be really, really simple. Yeah. So not, not quite dead or alive beach volleyball here, but they, they're they very, very simple. <laughs> and then one other one I want to throw out there because I, I feel like there's this really important trend that it highlights. It was called camp kissing. And mm-hmm. you play as a, as a girl and you have to get out of the – basically trying to sneak out of a camp. It's almost like Metal Gear Solid Stealth mode where you're trying to sneak around people. And if you sneak out of the camp, you get to be with your boyfriend. But apparently I'm really terrible and I could never get out of stage one. And so I just kept losing and the screen coming up and say, you weren't good enough. No love for you. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sad.
1: You know it's it's one of the things I kept thinking while playing these games and and maybe we can get to this later, but it's that I kept asking myself, who is making these games because i have I've taught game design to middle schoolers, for example, and we've used stuff like scratch and and these are flash games right these are these are like with actually decent art assets and and things like that. So I don't feel like middle schoolers are making these games and and but it's it's funny because when I, I taught kids how to play games, I usually like at, at first would give them very little direction because I wanted to see what type of game they would want to make. And this type of game never really came up. Maybe maybe in high school, kissing games would have been all the rage. but I'm I'm just curious if it's if it is younger people making them or if it's just there's a kissing game farm somewhere in the world where they're just making them for the the ad dollars.
0: I'm going with the kissing game farm personally. Yeah. I think, yeah. uh, but and, I mean, it's a good idea. Like, who is making these games and who is who's playing these games? Yeah. So there, I don't know if you noticed, in most of the games that I played that were affection related, they all have web addresses like games for girls or games to girls. There was one that he was onecom uh, Like they. they all tend to be focused on a female audience. The mm-hmm. color palette is usually very pink and bright, yeah. and uh, traditionally feminine in that kind of way. And it just it struck me as really odd that this is like that is the target audience. They they are making everything with this idea that women are are the are the ones who are playing, and they're and they're not wrong. The research that Lindsay did, I uh, found that women are. Uh, like two to one twice as likely to be playing these affection games than men which in a game space is kind of an oddity because most of the time if you're lucky you get one to one and usually it's male dominated.
1: And the age range is also I think the the, the biggest age population that plays the game is under 18.
0: I don't know I can't I actually don't can't speak to that one. Oh um, well I,
1: I found that it was it was in a in an article a journal article on affection games and I don't remember I don't remember if it was Lindsay Grace or not but, oh I believe um, you I believe you yeah 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 it was um that's what it said that it, it falls off you know more and more uh, but that the main group is you know under 18 which again they are obviously designed for it's it's very stereotypical teenage girl
0: I guess is a, a way to think about it oh, and yeah. what what I think is really interesting is that in addition to the theme of it being, blatantly targeted at a stereotypical female audience, there's a really common theme through all of these games of the the tension, the the dramatics of the game comes from not getting caught. So whether you're kissing unicorns or kissing a dude in a car while you're washing it or, you know, whatever it is that you're doing, the entire goal is to not get caught. And to me, that is such an interesting commentary on society especially considering it's mostly women who are playing these games like the the idea of wanting to engage in a sexual or I, an intimate act I think is probably a better word to engage in an intimate act but it has to be in secret I think that says a lot about what we view affection and love and intimacy uh, around women
1: yeah um related to that there was there was the first time I played one I I understood the rules that there were people who could Watch, and that's not okay. The point is to kiss while people are not watching. And then, so I started just clicking, you know, um, to kiss. So it was like, right, <laughs> just small kisses. And then I realized, oh, if I hold it down, like, that kiss just lasts forever, right? Where it feels like it was, there's, there's something about that that I found really interesting that it's not about, like, sneaking in a kiss. It's like having this fantasy kiss, that kind of lasts forever and is in un, is uninterrupted, right? Where the the game kind of randomly um, wants to stop you, but the goal is to have that moment that seems to be taboo, right? That you don't want people that that is not okay, and you want to prolong it as long as possible.
0: Yeah, the the long passionate kiss, to kiss as long as you as you possibly can without getting caught. That's the tension that drives these games and why they're why they're popular
1: so much kissing.
0: <laughs> yeah, well kissing tends to be the I think one of the most popular action verbs in the in the affection area, but it really kind of harkens back to something else that Lindsay talked about in both his papers and is my professor in class. Uh, it was work by a play scholar named Brian Sutton Smith who detailed the well, I think it was the 30 300. Anyway, he wrote an entire article Uh, where he researched the kissing games of adolescence in Ohio. So very, very, very specific. And, you know, there are things like Spin the Bottle, which are also really popular affection games in that they are games that prompt affection, but they don't actually have affection as the mechanism. So Spin the Bottle, again, is a good example. It encourages people to engage in effective actions, but the game itself, you, you don't hug or kiss your way to winning the game, so to speak.
1: So it would and, just be a wheel and then everybody who's in the in the room for real would then have to play along. Yeah, like a digital and, bottle. Yeah.
0: yeah, pretty much. Okay. And so Brian Sutton Smith investigated all of these uh, kissing and affection related games in adolescence, and it was this huge paper of of all these different ways that we as human beings allow ourselves to experience intimacy in within the safe space of a game. You know, for especially for, for women, the idea of at least we're socialized as adolescent uh, young ladies, that you, you don't ask the guy out, you don't instigate, you don't kiss him first. Like there's lots of rules around this kind of courtship. But these games that, whether they're analog games like Spin the Bottle or these digital games, it allows the female players to instigate and be affectionately proactive. And I think that's one of the reasons that they're enjoyable. I mean, not Spin the bottle is risky and it's fun and you don't know what's going to happen and there's suspense and there's randomness and you don't know who you're going to kiss. But it it like creates a space where it's okay for women, and especially young women, to be affectionate towards others without getting labeled as hussy, tramp, sluts, all those really fun words that we say for women. One of the cool things about affection games is that it... Recognizes that affection is a very important human experience, and most games, especially the most popular games, they focus on on war, not love. Which it's it's kind of an odd, another societal commentary that we seem so much more comfortable with violence than we do with love and
1: affection. But uh, is is a kissing game equivalent to a love game? Does that? Because I saw different types of games, right, where you're doing – I think a lot falls under the affection, aff- affection category. For example, there was one game, which I believe counts, which was like a babysitting game where you're clicking and you're just taking care of these two babies, and then whenever they want something, you're just giving them what they want. right? So it's like they want a toy. You need to take them to get a nap. You need to um, you know, give them a diaper change or something like that. And the baby had a heart right? So the heart would deplete as the longer it took for you to give them something. So that was a game where you're just taking care of, of someone. But there was a whole other game where it was flirting, right? So you had this magical flirting beam that you would use. You're playing as a girl in a school, and as a boy walked by, you would stare at them and flirt them into, essentially, they would explode, turn into a heart, and then follow you around like a they look like a ghost, but I'm gonna think they're just like in your trance, <laughs> and then you yes. keep doing that until the you have this long line of boys behind you and then if another girl appears close by and they see you flirting with a the boy, they will immediately attack also with their flirting beam, and then you yep. have to uh, click harder so again, it's this idea of the affection and I think I think that that's pretty accurate for a a teenager or a middle schooler, right? That that that's what love is. It's it's the flirtiness. It's the it's the now they're my boyfriend. Um, we hold hands. We kiss. This girl is always trying to take my man type of thing. And and then all that is playing out in a in a in a fun, brightly colored way. And so it's not. Uh, it's it's a very oh, what am I trying to get? at? it's like a, it's a sub. It's that what we're 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 calling love is so subjective, right? And that for these kids um, or the kids who are most likely playing it, that is a pretty accurate representation of what they're thinking. Maybe mm-hmm. am I onto something? Yeah,
0: yeah. No, I mean, again, the, these games are popular with the with the population that they are for a reason. The idea of protecting your man and getting your man under your spell and keeping out the other girls who will try to steal your man. I mean, that is one culture in which you know adolescent women are, are exposed to, is that, you know, women are, are societally conditioned to think of other women as being a threat. Personally, I think that's to help protect the patriarchy, because if women are fighting each other, they can't fight the patriarchy, my personal opinion. Tell them. But, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Preach. Preach. Yes.
0: And, and so I think that's just another way of examining the culture around which we see uh, sexuality and, and intimacy in young women.
1: And and then I guess that's what I think the thing that, that I'm thinking about is using the word love versus like I don't feel like these games are necessarily about love. Even if that's what uh, a middle schooler or a high schooler th- feels that love is, it's weird mm-hmm. for me to call them a love game. Like they're absolutely kissing games. They're absolutely flirting games. And and absolutely affection um, falls in there, but calling them a love game I feel I feel strange about.
0: Yeah, and I think that's why I stick with I think that's why I stick with the term affection. I'm mostly yeah. from like yeah. a very game scholar's background of affection is the mechanic. You win the game by kissing, you win the game by flirting, you win the game by, you know, shifting your hips around. It's it's the way you achieve your goal as opposed to either one being the goal. As in, you know, simulators where you're just trying to get laid, or games which don't have any affection at all. You know, like I said, most games, you know, shooters and even role-playing games. I mean, yes, you can romance, and sometimes that can lead to a, a goal, but it's usually not mutually satisfying for both characters, and it, it's the means to an end. So I, they definitely have their own very unique space. And they're—I don't know—I I feel like they're almost like a guilty pleasure because they're a lot yeah. of fun to play. And I, kind of like you, I'm trying to put my finger on what—what what is it? And I know for me, I think it's the exploration of the taboo and that—that that risk of getting caught. You know, because mo- the, all these games are driven by that by that pressure of avoid detection.
1: So, so yeah. you said mutually. Um enjoyable, right? And I was I was surprised by how many of the games were very so there were some of the things that I saw in the game, again, I didn't play hundreds of them. I played maybe 20. And the the things that I saw were again like in that flirting one, this girl is taking over, is taking control and these boys are definitely Um, not on her level, right? (laughs) They're easy to manipulate and she's just, um, and I played a few of those flirting games. And then in the kissing games, it's also, I guess that the animation does allow the two characters to kind of lean in simultaneously. So maybe that is mutually uh, um, beneficial. Yeah, I I guess that was present in some of them.
0: I mean, I guess maybe another way of reframing it is the idea that both characters want to engage in the romantic act. You know, like sneaking out of the camp to find your boyfriend. You know, you as the player, and then the NPC as the boyfriend, as opposed to having maybe intimacy acted upon you. I mean, because I think about Mass Effect, and yes, you can romance somebody, and you can try, and it's not necessarily they don't necessarily want your advances you know whereas this one is yes we're we're more like star-crossed lovers trying to be together than hey i'm going
1: to try and manipulate you into loving me and in uh, in mass effect it's a it's a puzzle right just like a lot of those dating sims where you have to figure out what do they like what will what will get me closer to having a relationship yeah this is this is very different there's no there's definitely no puzzle aspect
0: nope to, it's to i'm I'm gonna wash a car, and then when my boss isn't looking, I'm gonna hold the kiss for as long as I can to fill up my kiss meter.
1: <laughs> I was surprised not to see one where you kiss and then you purposely want like the evil stepmother to see you or something like that because you you want them like I didn't see anywhere it was adversarial in the sense that where you want to make somebody angry by showing them what they don't want to see. Like instead of building like a barrier so they couldn't get to you, the idea is to continue to do it in secret. I thought that was very interesting.
0: I and mean, I think it speaks to, again, societal norms and taboos, the idea that young women are not supposed to engage in these behaviors at all. And so a game where they get to, they get to practice societal norms in these games – as opposed to, you know, breaking free and saying, no, I'm going to kiss whoever I want. And I think that's also echoed when you look at these games. Most of the times the characters are white, most of the relationships are hetero, and yeah. most of them are consistent with the ethnic- of of, of uh, race and ethnicity. So it's usually white people kissing white people, or a white man kissing a white woman. Mm-hmm. And so, I, again, I think it's more of just the practice of societal gender norms than necessarily, you know, a a way to show that, haha, I'm fighting the man or the woman.
1: That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, I was going to bring that up. And I didn't look for a gay kissing game or non-white kissing game. I'm sure they exist. But all of the top games on all of these sites that I found and, um, you know, the the sites that, that you sent me were definitely just as you described. I did find one game where... The, it was obviously for a boy, because the idea was that you had to kiss a hottie on a like a, a game show. So, so like a voluptuous model on the left, and then a grandmother, and then a cow would appear, <laughs> and then they would get put into cylinders, and the cylinders would get moved around yes, and shifted. Yes. Yes. So then you would only win if you kissed the the girl. And then the next level, like they put a guy in, and I don't know how 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 far it went, but that one was obviously for a guy, right? Because if, <laughs> if you kiss the grandma, like, like the kiss just like drools down the screen, and it's like that's not good. You win if like the the, the girl's lipstick just stays on the screen, and it's also like first person, so like they're coming to the screen to kiss you. <laughs>
0: Did did you kiss the cow? What happened when you kissed the cow?
1: I you know I was in a very I was in research mode, so I was ready to to kiss everything, just to see what happened. Uh, but so, so what happened? I didn't kiss the cow. I, I got oh, to, I did no. the grandmother and then the uh, you know I kissed the grandmother and the the girl. But then I I just kept going. I was loading up multiple games at once. And as, and I was, I was, again, I was in research mode, but I, I didn't go deeper. I regret it though. Do you remember the name? Cause I can pull it up on my phone right now and we can find out. Hmm. Maybe like kissing game show. Okay. Uh, I will, sad. I will pull that up. Yeah. See, see what happens.
0: <laughs> it's, it's for science. You know, it is, it's for science. It's for research. Also,
1: I played them on a, on a huge monitor.
0: Oh, so you weird. really had a nice heightened yeah, experience. I an
1: immersive experience. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's not coming up. Oh, Actually, which, what,
1: which is something I wanted to bring up. Like, what are what are? And again, I didn't. I, I, now I have all these regrets. I didn't go into kissing VR games. Like, are there any? Has anybody gone to the point to make a game, a kissing game that would really work in VR?
0: I mean, there there are simulators, and I know that the porn industry is really excited about VR.
1: So yeah, I yeah. think I think, <laughs> but that's passive, as far as... right? Those are all passive, um, are, except are for they? like some interactive fiction, in a way like where you could choose different options. But essentially, you're just playing out a scene, right? It's not like uh, like an actual simulator game where you can click on stuff. But it, like these kissing games are so different. Um, I wonder. I wonder. It would have to like you'd have to do some sort of first person stuff. Oh man, and then you could look around, right? Oh man, because you're in a 3D space.
0: Can you People- imagine if you played the game where you're the the girl shooting lasers at the boys and then shooting love lasers at the other girls in VR? And in you had VR. Sp- yeah. Spin around and use your laser vision everywhere.
1: Yeah. And then that I'm just thinking awesome. like having to look over my shoulder to make sure that nobody's watching because I don't want to lose. So it's like you're holding down the button to kiss and supposedly that person is following your head as it's moving around and you're looking all over the place.
0: Yeah. I got to make sure the boss doesn't find you.
1: Yeah. That's a, it, <laughs> I think that's too big of a gameplay leap from click to kiss to um, duck to, <laughs> to avoid flirt lasers. I would, play, I would play a game called flirt lasers. I, I, I would too.
0: Let's let's make that happen. <laughs> uh, it does make me think about uh, last week on when we recorded Psych Tech, which is our, our other podcast, we talked about remote intimacy and the, the technology that plugs into your smartphone. And it's a kissing pad. And so you press your lips to it. And then it takes – using haptic feedback, it takes the pressure from your lips and the texture and the shape. And it transmits it to – whomever you send it to, like a text message, except they also have a kissing pad. And basically you get kissed back. And I think if we were to go into a kissing game VR, that that might be a really cool way to do it, is to get some kind of accessory that you actually, you know, make out with.
1: It's (laughs) like a muzzle, because you can't just like bring it up to your mouth. Yeah. So then like, yeah.
0: (laughs) Wow. Okay, I hadn't thought, I thought about like a little thing. Oh, the Oculus kiss. There we go.
1: I like it. Yeah. Called it. and then yep. <laughs> <trademark, laughs> okay, so, so, hashtag all that good stuff. So, and thinking of the different ways that you could do, uh, do this, did you get to meet Huggin Bear?
0: I did. I did, and <gasps> I wanted to talk about it.
1: <laughs> tell me, tell me about Huggin Bear.
0: The game's called Big Huggin, okay. and it was also created by by Lindsay and. It's a side-scrolling digital game where you play as a teddy bear, and it's kind of Mario-esque in that you have to jump over things, you know, rocks, pits, things like that. But the controller is actually a teddy bear. So a big he, teddy bear. A giant teddy bear, and there's a controller inside. I th- I think it's a Raspberry Pi, maybe, with some control buttons. But regardless, the uh, you there's this giant teddy bear. I mean, it's probably a good two to three feet tall. And you you squeeze it, you hug it, and then the controller and sensor on the inside of the bear is what controls the bear on the screen. And the harder you hug Big Huggin', the higher the character on the screen jumps.
1: So hug to jump.
0: Hug to jump, yeah. So that's that's another example of an affection game that has nothing to do with kissing, but where the the actual act is... Affection. You're you're giving a a giant teddy bear a hug. And I wanted so badly to run a little psych experiment when we've shown it because we showed it at uh, the Smithsonian Indie Arcade. We showed it at Games for Change. We've shown it at um, a, a bunch of other places, too. And when people finish playing that game, they seem so much happier. They, they are right. outwardly so much happier than when they approached the game. And I would have loved to run a study on, you know, some kind of controlled experiment somehow about whether playing this game where you are actually engaging in hugging behaviors and affectionate behaviors results in a, a significant boost in mood or maybe a
1: maintained boost in mood. What I found surprising in, in one video that I saw was that people weren't pressing it. Because it's obviously you just – there's obviously a button inside the bear and you just have to press it. So people weren't like taking him. I mean like, he's pretty big but you couldn't like just take him in between two hands and press him. Everybody hugged him. And I don't mean like put him in like a, a hold. I mean like it looked like they were hugging something. And, yeah. well, I, and I, I, th- That was so interesting because there were different think- ways to do it and people seemed to naturally just go to that.
0: I can say from experience it's actually pretty difficult to use, and then just using a hand to squeeze wouldn't wouldn't work. Like it the controller and the buttons are buried down way in the stuffing, and so you really do have to like strongly hug it. One of the challenges is when kids want obviously kids want to play it, um, and you usually have to help them out because they're not strong enough to actually (laughs) Mm, squeeze the bear tight enough. So that is part of it. But that does bring up a really interesting point. Um, Lindsay made the observation and I got to see in action is when guys would play they turn the bear so the bear's face is facing out and they hug him kind of like the Heimlich maneuver (laughs) but when (laughs) women and girls tend to play the bear is usually facing them and they're hugging like (laughs) they actually wouldn't embrace. Gotcha
1: okay okay and you know it's like uh, if you if you you know there there are there are happy chemicals in our brain that come out when you do certain things, right? And so it's like practicing that hugging behavior uh, kind of unknowingly, right? It, it, I, I agree with you. I would love to see further experimentation with Huggin' Bear and see how people are feeling before and after.
0: Well, one one of the downsides is uh, big huggin' can get kind of nasty after so many people have hugged him. And so I remember... I, we, yeah. Lots of Febreze,
1: lots of Lysol yes. antibacterial spray.
0: <laughs> yes, like that can has to be on standby. And then he starts to stink <laughs> because he's got all that Lysol and Febreze on him. And Ugh. <laughs> I mean, thankfully, games yeah. change, we were changed. Like, like, we were outside, so it wasn't so bad. But woo! <laughs> yeah, big like VR headsets, you need to wipe them
1: down at an event after every use.
0: Um, well, I mean, at least there's wipes for that. And one of the things I know Lindsay mentioned before is that, you know, he wanted to take this kind of thing into hospitals, you know, for kids who are recovering and things like that. But hospitals don't like fuzzy things because they're so hard to disinfect. Yeah. Whereas yeah. like an Oculus, at least it's hard. It's plastic. It's it's pretty easy to wipe down. Yeah. Big Huggin, not, not so much. He needs to go to the dry cleaner. <laughs> He's pretty gross.
1: So I have a question for you um, on yeah. the more... Uh, like mainstream version of this is something like Nintendogs. Would that be considered an affection game? Hmm. Like the, all the gameplay mechanics, you're just petting, feeding, like you're taking care of the dog. There's no, there's nothing else to do really. I mean, you can train them and do all these other things, right? But like at the core, those are the mechanics. Would that, do you, would you consider that? Not that you're the authority on affection games, uh, I know, I'm... but I'm just saying, <laughs> what is your opinion? <laughs>
0: I mean, I think you are engaging in acts of, I mean, like petting. For example, is definitely an affectionate move that you do in the game. Whereas feeding, I don't really, I wouldn't really count it as an affectionate mechanic. I wouldn't count uh, training the dog as an affectionate mechanic. Maybe bathing, uh, but yeah, it's really hard to know where where that line is because again, the idea of an affection game is that what you do, what the behavior you engage in to reach the goal of the game is is an act of affection so typically that means kissing hugging and uh, petting i would assume uh would, would also count so so maybe i'm going to say a definite maybe quite possibly but i love dogs.
1: <laughs> yeah and cats
0: oh i was gonna say if you uh remember tamagotchi that might be a really early uh if we're, if we're going down that rabbit hole, that might even be an example of, like, a very early affection game.
1: Oh, and um, do you remember shortly after Tamagotchi's boys ruined it, there was a, a, a Tamagotchi version that was, like, square, and then you trained a fighter, and then you connected to someone else to fight? No? <laughs> I I must have missed that one. I had both. Um, yeah, but Tamagotchi, yeah, yeah, I, I, I guess so. You are taking care of them. Hmm, interesting. See,
0: I, I, guess, I guess the question is, does caring count as an act of affection.
1: It's weird saying that out loud because it sounds like yes. <laughs> I, I would lean towards yes.
0: <laughs> my my perfect example is I have a cat. His name is Simon. And I hate this cat. This cat <laughs> is the worst cat that has ever walked the earth. Quick example, He when he hears the baby stir at like three o'clock in the morning, he gets up, he starts howling at the door and slamming the door and trying to bat open the doorknob and wake the baby up because if the baby if the baby wakes up we get up and if we get up he might get food. So seriously, he is the worst cat ever. I feed Simon? I don't think of it as being affectionate. Like I this is my basic duty to care for this creature that is living in my home because otherwise it's abuse. So I have to feed him. But I do not feel affection towards him at
1: all. Well, that's interesting because I was gonna say maybe you are performing affectionate behaviors, even though you don't love the cat, you can still hate them and still because there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, kissing and and, and, and chocolating, um that's happening on Valentine's Day. Chocolating. And, yeah, like the act of giving chocolate. I don't know. Okay. Don't okay. Know. I'm
0: down with that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, but maybe not as much love as people might think. There's definitely a lot of people are going for the kissing, for the chocolate. Um, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not an authority on on Valentine's Day.
0: I mean, if you want to kick it, you know, old school psychology, think about all of like the Anna Freud and Mary Ainsworth studies on children who failed to thrive the idea that they were cared for and that their diapers were changed, they were fed, and they were warm, but they didn't they weren't given affection. They weren't cooed with, they weren't rocked, they weren't held, they weren't played with. You know, these kinds of acts of of giving a human connection to something as opposed to meeting its basic survival needs.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Hmm.
0: So a, a possible a possible separation between caring for something and then showing affection to something. Yeah, Yeah. they they obviously are are really, really interlinked.
1: Words, so hard. (laughs) So I have one last thing I want to add to the affection game conversation, which is what I consider to be an anti-affection game. Bear with me.
0: Okay, okay.
1: (laughs) There's a game called Gal Gun, okay? And the premise of the story is that you, the main character, are struck by Cupid's arrow, by an angel Cupid arrow. And all of a sudden, all of the girls in school love you. So they are constantly trying to flirt and kiss you. And and if they do, it drains your energy because you can only take so much of that. So your goal in the game is to avoid the kissing and flirting of the girls throughout the entire game. Would that count as an anti-affection game?
0: Uh, I.
1: Are you speechless? I, I,
0: I Googled it and I'm seeing the Gal Gun Mr. Happiness edition, which includes all of the games, art books, and of course, a pair of ladies underwear.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's what the game, the pair of ladies underwear is that the game is most known for, but I believe it's, it's definitely relevant to our conversation. There's more to the game. You also have to, um, your, the way that you avoid the girls, right, is uh, you shoot them with a pheromone gun uh, and then they get euphoric and then you can sneak past them. <laughs> and the game is also so weird that you, there's actually, I forgot what it's called, but it's apparently like you click a button and it changes what the game looks like. It looks like a just like an 8-bit action game or something like that. And I think it's called the like, if in case mom enters the room or something like that um just to kind of hide the fact that you're playing this weird game. Um, <laughs> but but it's a, it's it flips the idea on its head, right? Where if what if what if you were the guy that's being uh like the victim of that flirt laser in those other games, right? But if you don't want those kisses, what if you don't want those advances, Galgun is the game for you.
0: Yeah, I've got so much to say about poor men feeling victimized by women giving them unwanted attention. Really, I'm dripping with empathy. Uh, but no, I would I would to answer your question, I would say it counts as an affection game.
1: Not an anti-affection game.
0: Or if it isn't an affection game, I don't think it's anti-affection. Because when I think of the opposite of affection, I think of harm or neglect and Well, so I'm not I, I talking think... about
1: the opposite, right? I'm talking about we said avoiding affection. Well it is avoiding affection.
0: Okay. I can go with avoid I can go with avoiding affection.
1: Okay. So an affection avoidance game then? But sure, not anti? I think that's okay.
0: yeah. I wouldn't say anti. I would just say affection avoidance. Because I'm sure, at some point, he wants love and attention. He just didn't want it all at once.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely.
0: <laughs> there's four.
1: There's four girls in the game that you can um, that you can court. But the rest are after you. Okay, so there there is
0: affection. There is affection in there. Yeah. Okay. 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 I win. It, it is an affection game. Bam. Close the book. <laughs> Done. Words. Words. All right. Well, I think that is going to be it for this lovely Valentine's Day edition of, uh, of Headshots. I really hope that you guys enjoyed this conversation. I do think these are kind of games that don't get a lot of attention. They don't get talked about in any kind of critical way. You know, they're I feel kind of tossed off as, oh, just something kids do or just something for girls, something very dismissive like that. And if you have any experience with these kissing games or you find one that is particularly fun or silly. Like for me, the Unicorn Miracle game spoke to me on so many levels because I love unicorns and, you know, seeing unicorns kiss was adorable. The baby watching, I don't know about that part. But let us know. Uh, Get at us here at Headshots. And then I invite you all to come and join our uh, our Facebook group where we're definitely sharing the love. It's Geek Therapy. So if you just go on Facebook and type in Geek Therapy, uh, you can join our group filled with therapists and mental health professionals and people who just... Love games and podcasts, and we're all in one place, and it's, it's beautiful.
1: You should, you should come join. There's a lot of affection in that group.
0: There is. There is a lot of, and, and nerdy, nerdy affection. All right, thanks, everybody. We'll see you in two weeks.
1: You've just listened to Headshots, the psychology and gaming podcast, a member of the Geek Therapy Podcast Network. For more Headshots, visit headshotspodcast.com or at headshotscast on Twitter. And for more great podcasts on the Geek Therapy Network, visit geektherapy.com.